0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squiz the Election series, your shortcut to the 2022 federal election. Victoria is typically tough terrain for the federal coalition. Labor has recorded a majority of the state's two-party preferred votes in 13 of the 15 federal elections since 1980. It's also home to the coalition's second most marginal seat. And in this election, there are also a couple of interesting races featuring high-profile independent candidates. I'm Larissa Moore. And
1: I'm Claire Kimball.
0: Let's get our bearings to begin with, Claire. So, put your stats hat on and tell us what happened in 2019. We already know that Victoria tends to prefer the Labor Party.
1: Yeah, it really does. And at the last election, the state supported Labor 53 to 47, which was not at all in line with the national result. Uh, Just a reminder of what that national result was. The coalition won 51.5 to 48.5, looking at that two-party preferred vote. And in another sign of support for Labor at the state level, it has won eight of the last 11 state elections.
0: Still, the coalition won 15 of the state's 38 seats at the last federal election. That was 12 by the Libs and three by the Nats.
1: Yeah, that's right. Labor won 21 seats. And as a sign of just how good Victoria is for the ALP, five of its 10 safest seats are in Victoria. Uh, That leaves two seats to make up that 38. The seat of Melbourne is held by Greens leader Adam Bant and Indi, which is in northeast Victoria, is held by Independent Helen Hines. Yep. And we've
0: talked about those two members a bit in previous episodes on the minor parties and the independents. So let's dive into the seat of Chisholm first. It's to the east of the Melbourne CBD and it's the scene of a lot of campaign activity for the coalition.
1: Yeah, it is. Prime Minister Scott Morrison basically spent his Easter there with the Liberal member Gladys Liu. She won the seat after the incumbent Julia Banks went independent in 2018. She left the party because she was unhappy about Malcolm Turnbull losing his leadership, Uh, and she also made claims about the blokey culture of the Liberal Party.
0: Lou was born in Hong Kong. She's the first ethnically Chinese woman ever elected to the House. She didn't face Banks at the last election. Banks took on Greg Hunt in the Mornington Peninsula seat of Flinders as an independent, and she lost.
1: Yeah, and even though Banks wasn't there, the Liberals took a hit in support and there was a 3.7% swing against Lou, but her primary vote was in the mid-40s, so it became very difficult for Labor or any other candidate to knock her out. Let's just pause there for a second, though. Explain what you mean by that
0: primary result and what it means for success or defeat.
1: So to win the election, you need more than 50% of the vote. And if you can get that on first preferences, then it's happy days. But more times than not, you need to get into counting preferences to see where the majority of the electorate has landed when you look at their next best pick. So just on the maths, if your first preference votes are in the mid 40s, you become pretty hard to beat because you need just a few preferences to get over that 50% line.
0: And Chisholm is a good example of the quandary the Liberals find themselves in this time around. In 2019, Lou won 43.4% first preference votes. The Labor candidate won 34.3%. But the preferences strongly favoured Labor.
1: That's right. And Lou ended up winning 50.05% to 49.95%. It's a really fine margin to win by. So it just shows that the coalition's candidates need a strong primary vote if they're going to be elected because the preferences from the minor parties and the independents often don't go their way in strong enough numbers. And
0: that's why in the latest round of polling, there's a lot of talk about a hung parliament because primary support for both parties is showing up in the mid-30s. Claire, before we leave Chisholm, what's the prediction here?
1: Interesting. It wasn't on Labor leader Anthony Albanese's list when he was asked about the seven seats he reckons he could win to get into government. But the betting markets have it down as a Labor win at the moment. It's very close, though.
0: Definitely one to put on your election night watch list. Let's take a look at what else is happening in Victoria in this election campaign. In a couple of high-profile Liberal seats, the buzz is all about the Climate 200 candidates.
1: Yeah, you're referring to those teal independents and their campaigns against Treasurer Josh Frydenberg in Koo He's in a fight against Dr Monique Ryan and also Tim Wilson in Goldstein. He's in a tussle with Zoe Daniel. Uh, Who would you like to start with first, Larissa? I reckon let's go with Ku Yong because it's held by one of the most prominent people in federal politics. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So, mm-hmm. Ku Yong is held by Josh Frydenberg by 6.4%. It's not a marginal seat, but it's also not the sort of margin Prime Minister Morrison, for example, holds his seat by either. What is that margin, by the way? Yeah, so Morrison holds Cork, which covers Sydney's southern beachside suburbs around Cronulla, by 19%. Yeah, okay, so there's a big difference when
0: you compare it to Frydenberg's 6.4%.
1: Yeah, it really is. And the last election really lays the ground for that. In 2019, Frydenberg's biggest challenger wasn't Labor. It was the Greens, and it was a high-profile barrister named Julian Burnside. On primary votes, there was a swing of more than 8% against Frydenberg, but it was enough for him to get across the line. This time around, Burnside isn't running, but the candidate generating the most heat is Dr. Monique Ryan. She ran the neurology department at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. It's one of those campaigns where a lot of money is
0: expected to be spent by both Ryan and Frydenberg. So, if you live in that area, you're probably seeing that play out with billboards, mailbox drops, lots of digital ads. All right, Claire, let's move on to Goldstein. It's in Melbourne's inner southeast, and it takes in suburbs like Brighton and Caulfield.
1: Yeah. So, Tim Wilson is quite prominent in coalition circles. He's a former policy director at the Institute for Public Affairs. He was Australia's human rights Commissioner, and he's also a prominent gay rights advocate. Wilson became the member for Goldstein in 2016 and he's under pressure from Teal Independent Zoe Daniel. Wilson won
0: the 2019 election on first preferences. He got 52.7% of the primary vote. But after preferences were counted, he did see a 4.9 swing against him.
1: Yeah, so like Frydenberg, the 2019 result makes Wilson more vulnerable in this election. But he has a 7.8% margin and it'll take a fair bit for Daniel to win. She's high profile though. She's a former senior ABC journo. She says that she's travelled the world and she's seen the effects of climate change and it's a message that she's really strongly communicating in this campaign. And it seems she has some support. At the start of the campaign,
0: there were those pictures coming from Goldstein with her surrounded by more than a thousand people in their teal t-shirts.
1: Yeah, and they aren't the only ones pushing for change in Koo Yong and Goldstein. GetUp have also said that they're planning on spending up big in those two seats to target those Liberals in an effort to push them out. Got you. So they
0: really are two seats to keep an eye on, that's for sure. So that's a quick guide to Chisholm, Kuyong and Goldstein in Victoria. This election is really a conversation about the coalition hanging on, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. And that's what they say. Governments lose power, oppositions don't win, which is just another way of saying that many voters really do focus on the government's performance and the issues that that mob have handled in government uh, before they start to think about the alternatives those teal independents in
0: particular are putting a lot of attention on the coalition's record on climate action and integrity and those sorts of issues if you do have any questions about any of that or any other process or element of the election campaign send it through to hello at the squiz.com.au and we will have a go at answering it on our saturday podcast ask the squiz that's enough for now thanks for listening to this episode of squiz the election until next time